0: Yeah, I think that um, there's some scope for that. Um, for example, uh, we find in the sixth chapter of the Gita, which is about Dhyan Yoga, Dhyan meaning, meaning meditation. Um, the chapter, of course, uh, is the uh, constitutes the end of a long discussion about yoga that began in the middle of the second chapter and um, from the very onset in the middle of the second chapter to the end of the sixth chapter um, in both ends of the extended discussion about yoga we find that krishna is emphasizing bhakti Um, but in one sense it's to be understood that that which is accomplished through other yogas is also accomplished through bhakti and more, and bhakti is a, a yoga. And so yoga, if we look at the yoga philosophy uh, that's uh, articulated in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, it's one of the systems of, the. Uh, Six ancient systems of philosophy um, in India, yoga. These philosophies, uh, six of them, they kind of go in pairs. So, for example, uh, Vedanta and the Karma Mimamsa, they, they go together. Nyaya and Vaisheshika go together. And uh, yoga and Sankhya go together. Mm-hmm. So, And we find the term Sankhya in this middle, in these six chapters of the Gita that I'm referring to, where there's a discussion of yoga. Sometimes it's called the ladder of yoga. Um, With the beginning of that discussion, Krishna speaks about Sankhya. And what he means by that is differentiating the Atma from uh, the material elements, which is the central focus of Sankh philosophy in Sanya philosophy. the Atma is called the Purusha, and then the material elements are called prakriti um, So having theoretically distinguished between the two, the Purusha being the self and and, and uh, that which is worth realizing. Krishna then begins to speak about yoga. And he speaks about yoga as a means to attain realization of the Purusha or the Atma. And then if you look back again at the classical philosophies of Sankhya and yoga, which are kind of coupled together, as I mentioned, in the Sankhya philosophy, as I said, there is this whole counting, Sankhya means to count, counting, counting, analyzing it means all the different ingredients and in the context of doing so as I say differentiating ultimately between that which constitutes prakriti and that which constitutes purusha the inner self when we come to the yoga philosophy in the sutras of Patanjali, although it's a separate philosophy from Sankhya philosophy, they're coupled together. They're very similar. And the Yoga Sutras, by contrast, from the Sankhya text, is not so much about analyzing what is matter, what is spirit, but practice how to realize the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's a very practical, hands-on, uh it's more of a more of a to use a Gaudiya term, more of an Abhideya text, a text about the means. Mm-hmm. Sankhya text being more about maybe like a conceptual orientation, mm-hmm. now, how to realize the Purusha. Um so we find a similar thing going on in the Gita in the yoga section from chapter two to chapter six. Mm-hmm. Again Krishna is speaking about the difference between Atma and Prakriti, between the self and matter, and then in the middle of that second chapter he says, now let me teach you about yoga. And that's all about the means to realize the Atma. Ultimately it's theistic as uh Sankhya philosophy is not particularly so it's about realizing the Atma and its and its source, the Godhead mm-hmm. um, so uh, in this sense, then bhakti is a type of of yoga, and things that are mentioned with regard to nishkam karma yoga uh, a yoga dhyana yoga are uh, not uh, distinct entirely or irrelevant or um, uh, um, but rather are applicable to some extent to bhakti as a yoga. After all, yoga, it's about controlling the mind, controlling the senses, and so on and so forth. And so as, for example, in the sixth chapter, certain setting is encouraged or advocated. One should sit not too high, not too low, um, in a quiet place um, and so on and so forth. Uh, Yes, a difference between yoga and gyan at schools of uh, transcendentalism and bhakti in one sense is the, the, the former two are about vairagya and being alone, getting away from the world, and bhakti is about sangha, we advance by sangha. One of the results of our advancement through sangha, through association, rather than being alone, is that vairagya or detachment comes naturally. If we cultivate detachment unto itself, then we're alone. Hmm? But despite the fact that in bhakti, we advance through sangha, through association, and so forth, still we have our uh, practices of meditation. Smarnam is one of the important limbs of bhakti. In fact, in the Bhagavatam, there's really three and a half, I would say, of the principal angas of Vaidhi Bhakti that are most rec- most stressed, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smaranam, that was mainly, and the half one is Archanam, serving the deity. Um, so Smaranam is, is, is very central to our practice. And also you can say particularly so with regard to the fact that our Sampradaya Our lineage is a Ragmarg lineage and Smarnam plays a significant role um, in the Ragmarg. Now it's thought that kirtan by hearing um, and then repeating kirtan, um, the power of that kirtan is such, especially in, in the Kali Yuga, that it will foster by its own strength, meditation. It will, for example, cleanse the heart. margin, will cleanse the heart. And to sit and meditate, well, you need a clean heart. It means you need a heart that's not full of all types of desires that will distract you um, when you're trying to concentrate, for example, on the name. And this is the first type of smarnam that we do, nam smaranam. from nam smarnam, will result in guna leela and leela smaranam, rupa smaranam, nam, rupa, guna, leela, the name. Meditating on the name will foster meditation on the on the form of Krishna, rupa, and the qualities, the guna of Krishna and the leela of Krishna, and Parikara, the associates who are part of the leela, and so forth. How is that? Because in the name, the form, the root, the lilas, the qualities are all are all present. So they should unfold hmm, and express themselves in our heart gradually as we learn to hear, meditate, do smarnam on the name. Now here I'm speaking about nam smarnam as opposed to kirtan. So nam smarnam is to sit, right, and do the japa of the name. That is an anga or a limb, a sublimb. That Nam Smarnam Japa, the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, is a sublim of Smarnam. Mm-hmm. And, and so to do Smarnam is to sit in a typical or classical yogic uh, type of a of a setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also discussed in, in Vedanta Sutra. Uh, has uh, spoken about the, uh, how to sit um, and um, so on and so forth. Um, so also we find in Hari Bhakti Vilas, we find a recommendation to engage in pranayam before chanting one's mantra. Um, this is with regard more to um, the um, Diksha Mantra, but it can apply to the Hare Krishna Nam Mantra as well. So, uh, I mean, one does it have to do with that, but it is recommended in Hari Bhakti Vilas. So we see in that sense, some incorporation of basic yogic sensibilities, and techniques with regard to um, sitting and doing meditation, which I think it seems to be what you're um, referring to. So create a nice environment, quiet, peaceful. Um, um, you, can, you can do pranayama, as they say, if you, if you like. So there may be some things that, that can be incorporated in, in, in that way. Um, and uh, make your your japa, you know, it really is a, a, you know, you have to think of it as I'm sitting down to meditate now. Okay, the only difference in one sense is that you're meditating on the name, and 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 your ideal uh, for uh, of attainment is uh, in relation to bhakti and and. Uh, Lila Seva, so on and so forth. But in the primary stages, your means to do that will be through the name. So you have to contemplate the mononym. Uh, it's also there contemplate the significance of the name as I'm speaking a little bit about in, within which, as I say, the rupa, the form, the guna, the qualities, the lila are all present and so on and so forth. Um, so there's some, some uh, sc- scope. Uh, for that. And it's just kind of common sense. Um, unfortunately, uh, it seems many devotees don't think of their japa as as one would think if I'm going to sit and meditate. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, of course, sitting is a the, is the recommended method um, or posture, I should say. But um, um there have been, um, I know, in 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 Buddhist circles, they develop a, a kind of a walking meditation, and it might be somewhat relative to Western uh, practitioners and so forth. Um, but uh, it's possible to to do so also. Walking, Prabhupada used to walk and do japa in his room, um, uh, or on the back of his his um, veranda in Mayapur. I used to sit in the back there uh, on the floor where Prabhupada resided had a corridor around his quarters, veranda, and on the backside it was very quiet I never expected him to come out there, but he would come out where <laughs> he came out sometimes and walked and chanted while I sat there. Sometimes he talked to me also. So... Um, At any rate, uh, yeah, I think that you can incorporate some of those sensibilities. I hope that answers your question. Hello?
1: Hello?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. Paminavaswami, did you want to ask your other question from the Spanish side? I
0: I guess let me say a little something else. What I was saying also is that the Yoga Sutra is so much about the means to attain the Atma, the Purusha, to realize. It's so much of a technique-oriented discipline that it has it lends itself to uh, being incorporated into the various disciplines. Therefore you have gyan yoga, therefore you have Dhyana yoga, therefore you have karma yoga, there you have bhakti yoga, and so on and so forth. So yoga is a little bit uh, supple in that way. And, and, and it's its basic, basic sensibilities are applicable in relation to different uh, transcendental paths that have slightly different goals within transcendence. I'm sorry. So, Archon, you were saying?
2: Yeah. Um, Swami, would you like to ask that second question you have?
0: The, the, for those who didn't hear the question, the question is, uh, I've been asked if I could say something about Raghunuga Bhakti. Um, Raghunuga Bhakti is mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. After Rupa Goswami describes Vaidya Bhakti over many verses, he describes Raganuga Bhakti as, as a practice. Mm-hmm. And um, he describes three uh, basic practices of Raganuga Bhakti, hearing about the associates of, of, of Krishna in braj, um, serving that ideal, both with one's practitioner's body, the external body, and also engaging in Lila Seva in an internal meditative form that corresponds with the um, Associates of Krishna with whom one is identified, Madhurya Rasa associates or Sakya Rasa associates, for example. The practitioner's body is identified with the associates of Gorlila. Mm-hmm. And the internal, uh, meditative Swarup uh, is, uh, Focused on on, on Krishna Leela. There will be a Gaur Leela That's another thing, but it will, which is also internal, but it will correspond more with how you appear as a sadhaka. Because that is a Leela in which siddhas are playing the role of sadhakas. But um, the three things again are to hear about the associates and their Leelas, and two, to serve that ideal appropriately in the sadhaka daya and the citadeya. in the sadhaka how will we serve that ideal we will serve it by conducting ourselves in our practitioner's body in ways that are similar to that which was shown by chaitanya Mahapuru's associates um, and among them the goswamis the Vrindaba and the six goswamis in particular who showed by their example a life of sadhana our acharya, our guru, also will carry that on. And there may be some uh, new details relative to the time and circumstance, but basically he or she will set an example for us. So we serve that ideal in our sadhaka daya. And of course, as we serve in the sadhaka daya and advance, then that prospect of serving in a in an internal meditative body will arise gradually in higher stages of one's practicing practicing life. Mm-hmm. So to hear about the associates, uh, to uh, serve in a practitioner's body, the ideal of entering into service in the lila in a particular um, rasa like sakya rasa or mudriya rasa, and to serve in, internally in a meditative uh, swarup or form corresponding with those associates. And the third thing that he mentions is to engage in Vaidhi bhakti. So what has been discussed in all of the verses preceding the discussion of rag bhakti, verses concerning Vaidhi bhakti, they are for the most part all applicable to rag bhakti, but they will be performed, hearing, chanting, worshipping the deity so on and so forth, they will be performed in rag bhakti with the I- rag ideal in mind rather than a vaidi bhakti ideal in mind. Typically, the vaidi bhakti ideal is one of uh, serving God at some distance or with uh, reverential love rather than love and intimacy. So with the, with the... Higher ideal that is so most perfectly exemplified in Braj, the Braj Leela, with the ideal of entering into that Leela, we will hear and chant and, uh, do the practices of Vaidi Bhakti, except for a couple of them that may not, uh, that may be precisely, uh, directed towards the Vaidi Bhakti ideal such as for example, worshiping the queens of Dwarka. this is one of the angas of bhakti that we won't practice because we don't want to become a queen in Dwarka hmm. um, but most all of them are uh, applicable. So the difference then really is the is the motivation is the ideal ultimately Rag bhakti is driven by taste rather than by... I should do this because if I don't, something bad will happen to me. I should do this because something good will happen to me. Fear or a prospect, fear of losing something or creating a negative situation for oneself or the prospect of attaining something. Um, bhakti is... um, performed for love of Krishna. Yes, there's an attainment in that, but if we, if we look at what we want to attain, it is selfless uh, um, service that uh, Prem is, um, is constituted of um, and takes certain shapes, the shape of Sakya, the shape of madhurya for example. But at its heart, it's, it's a, a serving uh, disposition. So, so the motivation for Vaidhi Bhakti and Raga Bhakti are different. Again, Vaidhi Bhakti is motivated by, if I don't do this, this will be a problem. If I do do this, this would be a good. So there are scriptural do's and don'ts and regulations that, that drive one's Vaidhi Bhakti. And Raga bhakti is driven by, by taste for, for the ideal. So it's, it's, it's not so easy to do Raga Bhakti. Mm-hmm. You have to have a taste. However, at the same time, we are initiated in the Gaudi Sampradaya into a Rag Sampradaya. We don't have Vaikuntha as our, our our ideal. We have entering into the Krishna Leela as our ideal. And that is, the, again, the perfect example, that Lila of Rag, spontaneous devotion. Uh, the devotees don't see Krishna as really separate from themselves. They think that he's, he's theirs. It's not that he's God; he's over here, and I'm over here worshipping him. The distance between worshipped and worshipper is bridged by by love. So there's a oneness. We think in Braj bhakti I'm a Braj Bhasi. Krishna's a Braj Bhasi. Hmm. In Sakirasa, there's a sense of equality, for example, between Krishna and the devotee that you won't find in Vaikuntha Stasya Rasa. So um, so the ideal uh, is different and and we are initiated into a Sampradaya with that ideal, but we don't have a taste necessarily for that. Our, our taste maybe uh, ha, has not... Fully awakened yet. So how can we do Raganuga Bhakti? That question may come. Well, sometimes um, Rupa Goswami gives a term ajata ruchi, Raganuga Bhakti. So rag bhakti without taste, without ruchi, without longing, mm, driving the practice. Um, and, and and that is for those who have come in touch with Ragmarg lineage and sadhus um, with that uh, of that ideal but they don't have the taste yet so they do rupa they should do vaidhi bhakti with that ideal in mind and gradually they'll become more qualified for implementing all of the practices of Rag bhakti hmm, as taste uh develops so that ajata ruchi raganuga bhakti is sometimes referred to as vaidhi bhakti also hmm but it's vaidhi Bhakti with a different ideal in mind. Again, it's a, the ideal of becoming Krishna's friend, becoming the, the handmaiden of Radha, as may be the case. So um, this is what our lineage is is about. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: how, where we are in all of that, in our progress, that we have to ascertain the help of sadhu and apply ourselves accordingly. Hmm. Uh, relative to the stage that we're at, uh, it's, not, it's, it's a very high thing to enter into Leela Seva for Radha and Krishna. Mm-hmm. Um, someone asked me a question the other day that it's mentioned in an devotion that Krishna does not bestow bhakti very, very um, readily, and he couldn't understand that. Uh, looking carefully at that section is it, really about the fact that the bhava bhakti is kirsten does not bestow very quickly he gives bhakti to bhakti is given to anybody and every, everybody re, re, uh, without consideration of qualification mm-hmm. but bhakti in the full sense of the term mature bhakti that's bhava bhakti we're not only we're practicing with our senses, hearing, chanting, and so forth, as we do in sadhana bhakti, but that we're hearing and chanting, and that hearing and chanting is driven by spiritual emotion. So there's an active and an emotive component of bhakti. So when both are in place, that's in bhava bhakti, then you can say, oh, he's got bhakti, she's got bhakti, in the full sense of the term. So Krishna does not give bhava bhakti very, very easily. It is sudurlava. He doesn't give it to those who are in anishta bhajanakriya. He gives it once you've attained asakti and your practice is with attachment, then he will give bhaala. uh So, so, gradually, we qualify ourselves in the context of um, our Rag Mark Sampradaya and um, internal meditation, for example, on, on the Lila, Lila Seva will um, um, be one of the practices. Often, that's focused on as the, um, what Rag Bhakti is about. It's an aspect of Rag Bhakti and it's central, it's important. Um, But how effectively one can do that uh, depends on the measure of their taste and the purity of their heart, and so on and so forth. So that's an overview. Bragg Bhakti, hope it's helpful.
2: Okay. Um, Dulal Chandra, you want to ask your question?
3: Can you hear me?
0: Yes. yes, good morning.
3: Um, we're following the path of Raganuga Bhakti and our main Shastra is Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, rag means to follow. And we certainly in the Bhagavatam from the 10th Canto get a lot of uh, insight into the The emotional component. But also Raganuga denotes falling a Raghatmika. Now we have a couple examples of Gopas in Vraj appearing in the narration, but there's no Gopis or Manjaris. So I just thought that you would could kindly elaborate on that and also point us as to where in the Shastra those Specifics are provided independent of the commentaries of the seven Acharyas of Gaudiya Vaishnavism.
0: Okay, yeah, so Dulal is, is asking about the fact that Rag means attachment and Anuga means to follow. So Rag Anuga, to follow the way of attachment, and it means to follow the way. Uh, of the devotees in brudge who are attached uh, to Krishna hmm? in an extraordinary uh, manner, just like someone is attached to material things and thinks they're, they're his or hers and uh, just like you're attached to your body hmm? to be as attached to Krishna <laughs> uh, so you have some way to measure there your advancement um uh, so uh, those devotees while the practitioners are called raganuga followers of the rag they are following the rag atmikas who have rag that is atmika that is inherent in their being i believe bishma charakritako refers to their attachment as um anadi Siddha samskars, they have anadi siddha samskars, they have um beginningless, perfect impressions that drive them for loving Krishna. These are um, the associates of Krishna in different rasas, and so when we follow rag, well we want to serve Krishna like one of them serves Krishna, like Yashoda would be an example in Vatsalya rasa. As Dulal Chandra has said, some of the names of the Sakas um, have been mentioned in the Bhagavatam, Subal, Sridam, um, and so forth. And there's a couple, two, three, four verses in the 10th canto. Um, we hear about them. Um, um, And so the question is, well, there's also a, and this is the prominent ideal within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, uh, Madhurya Rasa and a particular kind of Madhurya Rasa. And that is the type of Madhurya Rasa that involves serving Radha. Mm -hmm. So a handmaiden of Radha, sometimes referred to as Manjari Bhav. Radha being like the, like the vine, and the manjaris being like the, like the blossoms. When the vine is nourished, the blossoms are nourished. Um, so it's a particular type of rag-bhakti that's emphasized um, in a particular type of madhurya rasa in rag-bhakti. And Dulal's question is, 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 is well taken. Who are the the Raigatmikas that we will follow? Indeed, even Radha's name is not directly mentioned in the Bhagavatam, right? So, and that's our main text. Uh, Sure, the Goswamis have written commentaries on the Bhagavatam and they have filled in the details, but are there any other core texts of eastern revelation or bhakti shastras outside of the bhagavatam where we can find reference to such uh, persons, which in effect would support uh, from shastra the insights that the Goswamis share with regard to those details, Uh, you know, mentioning of Tulsi Manjari, of Radha, of, you know, the competitor Chandravali. the Lita, Vishaka, and so forth. Again, these names are not there in the Bhagavatam, but they're there in the in the works of the Goswamis, in their own texts, their own Lila Grantas, their own books, where they have expressed their feelings in a little narrative or in their commentaries on the Bhagavatam. So let's, we could start with Radha, of course. Uh, she is mentioned, or let's say a special gopi is mentioned in the Gopal Tapani Upanishad. There she is named Gandharvika. So the fact that there is a special gopi who is, who is uh, particularly um, capable of capturing Krishna's attention is uh, pointed out. So there is such a gopi amongst many. Um, and And this is thought to be Radha's Shruti name, uh, you know, Upanishadic name, Gandharvika. Um, there's also a text um, that is attached to the Shiva Purana called the Snat Kumara Samhita. There in the Snat Samhita, we find the ideal of Manjari Bhava mentioned. And uh, I'm not sure. If there are any names there, but that whole concept is found there. It's thought in Gaudiya Sampradaya, as posited by Kavi Karnapur in his Gorgon and Vesh Deepika. Goswami, um, that Sanatan Goswami, that Sanat Kumar par- partially is uh, present. Was present in Sanatan Goswami. Mm-hmm. Um, so the connection between Sanatana Goswami, the elder of the Goswamis, the leader in that sense, in Sanat and Samhita, and Goswamis have drawn from there, um, the um, the practice of Raghunuga Bhakti and so forth. Now, if you go to Padma Purana, then you will find names of gopis there. There you'll find uh, the, the the Astasakis names. You'll you will find it also in other Puranas, the term Dwarasu Gopal, which refers to the twelve principal Gopals, has its origins in in uh, one of the Puranas, I forget, I've cited it in my book, I forget which one. Um, but that's Sakiras, so your question is more about Madhurya. Ras. Right? So there yeah, you can find it in Padma Purana perhaps also in Vishnu Purana where there are some Krishna Leela narratives and so forth. There are also tantric texts like uh, Mia Tantra. So you, you can find names there and so forth. So there is some support from those larger uh, texts. Uh, does that answer your question?
3: Yes, uh, I just, uh, do you have any comments regarding the, it's, it just seems a curiosity that the Bhagavatam, which is our main support, uh, nothing is mentioned there when it comes to the specifics. Do you have any? Yes, well,
0: yeah, one, one comment about that is that uh, while other texts mention specifics in terms of names of Ragatmikas and so forth, associates of Krishna, uh, they're they're giving those details. The Bhagavatam is 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 giving the feeling. Mm-hmm. The feeling, it's expressing, it's 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 focused on expressing the feelings of Sakya, the feelings of Madhurya, and the feelings of Vatsalya, in ways that the Vishnu Purana Parama Purana, they're definitely not doing. Even the tantras I mentioned and so forth. The, so the Bhagavatam is a is, is therefore it's a Ras Shastra, unlike these others, and it's thought that uh, the absorption of Sana of Sukadeva Goswami in the Leela was such that he didn't have time for going into details of mentioning the names, hmm? uh, too preoccupied with uh, pursuing and seeking to express. Um, and thereby give access to to the feelings. Thank I know so it doesn't much. seem like a de- I know it doesn't seem like a detail. <laughs> who, who who are the ragat? Because it seems pretty important, and and it and it is no doubt. But um, fortunately, we have the Goswamis to 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 fill that in in their commentaries and, and their 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 books, in no uncertain terms. So after all, you know, our whole understanding of the Bhagavatam is an interpretation of the text on the part of the Goswamis. So while the Bhagavatam is our principal Pramana, as Jiva Goswami has demonstrated in Tatva Sandharva, we see that the Bhagavatam is the mature work of Vyas, around which the other texts orbit, so to speak, and in context in relation to their their statements are understood in context. So the Bhagavatam is our main pramana, but Lugoswami's books are even more our main pramana and Chaitanya Charita Marita, More our main pramana because they are showing us a particular angle of angle on the Bhagavatam that, that constitutes Gaudi Vaishnavism, which is that um, gives that access in into the into a specific uh Prakash or window section of the, of the Leela. So what else? We have a little more time. Thank you for the question.
2: Um, I have a question um, regarding um, when Lord Chaitanya was doing his bhajan in the, the gambira, we understood that um, it wouldn't have been compatible for Gadadhar to be there with him because he was, Lord Chaitanya was trying to understand the Bhava of Radha and enter into that. and Gadadhar would have been, because he was Radha, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been compatible. So he had um, Sweep Damodar and Ramananda Roy, who were Saki's, uh, uh, Lalita and Vishaka come and help him to, go deeper into that mood. And my question is why he didn't have the manjuris like Rupa Goswami assisting him since they actually are privy to more confidential aspects of um, Radhav.
0: Well, It's true in one sense that the manjaris have access to Radha and Krishna in their union, to an extent that others do not, including Lalita, Vishaka, um, and so forth. And that is a speciality of their but while Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, through his dispensation, is making access to Manjari Bhav available, he himself is not trying to attain Manjari Bhav. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to attain Radha Dasyam, he's trying to just attain the Bhav of Radha. Now Radha Dasyam is a way of speaking about, about uh, Manjari bhav, and it's it's thought to be a way in which one can come as close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself in his pursuit of Radha bhav, because manjaris they serve Radha, and by extension, they experience her bhav. But let's say, for example, in intimacy with uh, with Krishna. Um, um, there are some love marks that show up on the body of Radha where they may show up on the bodies of the Manjaris also. So there by extension, it's kind of like the stigmatica uh, understanding within Catholicism that some uh, saints become so absorbed in the meditation on Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ on the on the cross, that they get the symptoms of his uh, wounds appear on their bodies. So something similar like this uh, for the Manjaris. They're so absorbed. So they, they're, they they are coming as close to the bhava of Radha. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was personally trying to experience. So he's not trying to attain Manjaribhava himself. There is this place in Chaitanya Charitamrita where he's thought uh, to have um, have tasted it for a moment, I believe in relation to the seeing the the sand dune in in Jagannath Puri and mistaking it or understanding it to be Govardhan hill and running after it. And he went into a trance. Mm -hmm. And then he was asked by the Sakis to serve in an assisting role, perhaps bringing flowers or something like that. So it's sometimes construed by some to say, here, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for a moment, also tastes Manjari Manjaribha, but that was not the ideal per se that he was pursuing. So Lalita, Vishaka, they're Parama Presta, Sakis, they are the leaders hmm, of the Manjaris, Raghunath Dasgha, follower of Vishaka, um, uh, Rupa was Swami follower of Lalita. Hmm. So these are the main two, Lalita, Vishaka, over the group of Manjaris, that Rup, Sanatan our six Goswamis uh, come within and um, and they are thought to be uh, present in Gorlila as you mentioned as Rup and and um, um, Ramananda Roy. Um, so I think that there are ways in which uh, they'd be more suited, suited to help Mahaprabhu in his pursuit on the one hand. And on the other hand, I, I, I believe that um, Mahaprabhu commissioned the Goswamis for something um, else that occupied them entirely, which is so relative to ourselves. In other words, they were particularly told, Rupsanathan by Mahaprabhu to go to Vrindavan, to stay there, and um, they were very much uh, exhibiting Baba for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was their, was their guru, so to speak, right? Guru figure, as he is for us, uh, he and Nityananda Prabhu. So they went to Vrindavan, there they wrote, there they excavated the places of Krishna's pastimes. they established uh, deity worship and so on and so forth. This is what they were instructed to do. So they were doing what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told them to do, serving, and yes, uh, Upagoswami came to Puri once, and I, I forget exactly the circumstances that allowed him to come. Um, Sanatan came once, I believe. Mm-hmm. Raghunath Das was stationed there for some time until Chaitanya Mahaprabhu disappeared. That's true. But he was a servant of Lalita Saki. Mm-hmm. So he took his place uh, always under her under Sripadamadar's uh, guidance. So in the context of Goralila, uh, I don't think it, uh, uh, it, it uh, um, they had other things, I want to say, to do that Mahabrabhu personally asked them to. And they're so relevant to us, setting an example. We don't find that same kind of example for sadhana for, uh, uh, in uh, Ramananda Roy. We can't follow the way he does or Surupdamadar either. At least there's no description, um, but in the life of the Goswamis, there is. So Mapuru gave his Manjaris to us. <laughs> and he stayed in the company of Ramananda and, uh, and Surupdamadar in the end.
2: Nice, thank you, that was very helpful do you have time for one okay. more question I do. Uh, yes i do indra do you want to ask your question
1: um so my question is kind of like a follow-up question to the um raga bhakti question we had earlier like the first one can I you know? speak a little louder yeah can you hear me now better
0: yes
1: yeah okay um so i hope it's not kind of like silly to ask it um like i'm not on the stage but i still want to hear your opinion and also i have to say i haven't read your book Oh my friend yet so maybe it's already answered there so my question is about uh, the guru and like usually um like the guru is like kind of like a transparent medium between like no i mean that's sometimes how it how how i heard it at least uh, you know you have the disciple and then you have krishna and um but then i was thinking you know and it's also said you know it's forbidden to have a material conception of the guru but then i was kind of thinking like okay but like um like in this case you like you are you are like a person no like <laughs> you have um like your spiritual you know uh, personhood and everything so i was kind of wondering like two questions um I, um yeah how to say that um so sh- shall like okay so my first question is like if you could put it in like a percentage during the day like should i think like 50% of krishna and 50% of the guru or can i also <coughs> think of you together <laughs> or is this already like sahajya or you know so i i, sh- I think about krishna like krishna in vrindavan um but then i kind of think okay maybe i have to think more about you in this case so i don't know i hope it's not silly thank you
0: yeah, you should think 100% about Krishna and 100% about the Guru. <laughs> they go together. Um, I think that um, that the Guru teaches uh, us to think about Krishna. Mm-hmm. The Guru gives us Krishna. And so Krishna is the gift and the Guru is the giver. So which is more important, the gift or the giver? Uh, mm-hmm. One sense, we think that the, the giver is more important. Mm-hmm. That was the the opinion of uh, Pujjapada of course he spoke of it in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was the macrocosmic guru for our Sampradaya. And he gave Krishna. Um, so we put more emphasis on him. Um, the guru is is thought to be a local kind of representation of Krishna. And um, it's easier in one sense, perhaps to put our focus on the on the guru but it depends uh if we live with the guru well you would probably be pretty focused on the on the guru not everybody has the opportunity to do that nor is the guru have the capacity to live with everybody i guess um but uh but uh um still uh he or she is is is, uh, we we hear you know we hear from me here for example so forth so um, yeah, I understand your question and um, and and I think that rather than some formula you should do what's uh, what works best for you in either, in either case um, and if you're thinking about the guru or you're thinking about the Krishna you're right in, in either Either instance, at any given given time, um, I meditate on, on. Of course, the Prabhupada has his internal form; he has his ex- external form. And then there's, and there's Krishna, and then there's the associates of Krishna that are, uh, nityaparika, are eternal associates that Prabhupada himself is is following. In Raghavakti, there's there's the following of for example, let's let's take uh, uh in Sakura I say let's Subal. and I will serve him and my guru in a suitable form and through them serve Krishna and sometimes they may give me direct service to Krishna in the context of the rasa. Um so in that sense, we see the guru is, is eternal. He's present in the lila, also, he or she. So, uh, there's it, it, whatever works for you. Whatever is more natural um, will, you know, will, will uh, be fine. Um, you're not doing anything wrong if you're focusing on the guru. You're not doing anything wrong. If you're focusing on Krishna, which he told you to do. Hmm? So, does that help?
1: Yes, thank you. That
0: makes me happy. But Krishna is also a person. You say that a guru is a person. So. <laughs> but Krishna is more of a theological person, I think, is what you mean, at this stage of your practice. You haven't met him personally yet. Hmm? You've met someone who represents him, and and that's very compelling and, and, uh, and uh, profound for you, understandably. And um, and in this case, uh, he is you know, more than a theological person, a real person, right? So um, it may be easier to, to, to think of him um, than Krishna, who is a theological person, but you also meet Krishna as you advance. And a theological person will become so much a real person that your own sense of personhood based on your material attachments will you know, t- totally um, be deconstructed or uh, what's the word um, uh, d- disintegrate so you know, to, to meet krishna as making more than a theological person a real person the process involves on the one hand dismantling and separating oneself from the false sense of personhood um, that um, we're preoccupied with. Anyway, that's a little bit of an aside, but Sri Guru, Sri Krishna, both good. Jai, Jai Gaur Gadadhar, Jai Guru Gauranga, Gaur Nitenanda, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda, <laughs> Nice to be with all of you. You're very kind to me to give an opportunity to have these talks and.